Welcome to The Frenzy. I'm Melissa Carter. And I'm Jen Hobby. The Frenzy's mission is to celebrate friendships over 40. We believe that women can thrive through authentic relationships, self-discovery, and spiritual exploration. Our decades-long friendship continues to grow because we are willing to go there and share our truths through life's highs and lows. That's why The Frenzy is here, to hold space for women who are 40 and older, because at this age, your story matters more than ever. I'm Jen Hobby, and I just bought the most embarrassing pair of shoes. Okay. (laughs) Because they are size 11. (laughs) I normally size 11? No. Okay, let me explain. When I got pregnant with my first daughter, I was a size nine. Mm -hmm. By the time I had two kids, I'm a nine and a half. Okay. And fast forward, here's an age thing. I'm starting to get a bunion. So my foot is wide. Okay. (laughs) So I recently bought a pair of high heels and I was trying them on and I tried on the 10 and I was like, well, this fits. It feels okay. There was another one there. I was like, let me just try on the 11 and see. And it fit like a glove. So I have my first pair of size 11 shoes. Really? I thought only trans women wore size 11. (laughs) Okay. Or basketball players or basketball players. Or basketball players. (laughs) Why why am I embarrassed of my shoe size? What is that? There's nothing to be embarrassed by, but I'm I'm fascinated because I I guess I always think of length instead of width. And so I'm thinking your foot wouldn't fit in it. I'm just going to go does. with that brand runs very small. Yes. yes okay. Yes. Can we just go with that? <laughs> because I guess now for women, it's important to brag about your foot size. So I'm just kidding. <laughs> wow. Congratulations. Congratulations. I think it's something about being a woman and like, you know, <laughs> small petite feet is like considered pretty. Right. But I got these monsters on the end of my legs. That is, well, you know, cause the thing is, <laughs> The thing is, as a lesbian and dating women, uh, I wear size nine and I know at least of two women I've dated that were 10 or 11. So oh, I good. don't have okay. the same, I don't have the same perception of, I've never, I, I'm usually am not drawn to s- little women. <laughs> you don't have <laughs> a, a small foot <laughs> fetish. I don't have a small lady fetish. I, I just feel, yeah. yeah, you know, yeah. so anyway, but I'm glad that, but see, hopefully How I helped. funny you. is that? And I was actually shopping with one of my best friends and I swore her to secrecy. I said, if you tell anybody <laughs> that I just bought a size 11, I will kill you. And she's like, okay, okay. Your secret is safe with me. So if I, if I got, no, you, I just told on myself on the friend. Yeah. I'm, I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you. Um, you don't lie about your foot size as well as your age, but if I, <laughs> But if I bought you shoes, our new mantra. Yeah. <laughs> but if I bought you shoes, would it be the size nine and a half? Or I mean, I I don't buy you shoes basically because you need to try them on, right? Yeah. We need to give you, we need to give your bunion a name. All right. So I'm Melissa. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm Melissa, and I am not wearing lipstick right now because my cat stole my lipstick. So usually here at the desk <laughs> where I do the frenzy. I have, you know, items around me because this is also the desk I do some work with and do some microphone work with. And so 
I have lipsticks and powders and just things around this desk. Yeah, and, when you got to be camera ready fast, you have it yeah. right there. And so I sit down and I'm getting ready and I'd, I'd log on with Jen and, and I'm like, I can't find my lips. And, and so, so anyway, I have four cats. We've discussed this on the show and no telling where they've taken. I'll find it downstairs in the dining room later on. But anyway, will they roll I it do. around and bat it like a toy or will yes. they try to eat it? They bat it around like a toy because uh, they like the sound it makes and it can yeah. spin around and it rolls. And, it rolls. and I, and I had two tubes here. I had two tubes I had a backup tube and they took that as well. So okay, yeah, it's one of those things that when you clean, when you sweep, it's, you know, and I do have help some, you know, every so often for somebody to come in and clean and just stacked up on the, on the counter or on the bed will be the little, it's either Mr. Carter's toys that they've stolen because my smallest cat will steal his toys or, you know, or their toys that are piled up because they put them, they, they're great. They're great hiders. They hide their booty. And I'm just telling you, they're taking over. They're, they're taking over that. <laughs> this is their house and you just happen to live in it. I know. I'm, I'm the pet. <laughs> I'm the pet. So All right, the house. coming up on today's episode of The Frenzy, we are going to talk about how do you create new holiday traditions while honoring the past and dive into that quite a bit. That's right. We also have a you don't know my life question. And the question for today is a movie called A Holiday Fiasco is made based on an incident from your life. What happens in it? Let's answer that question. What fiasco would you put oh. in a movie? That is so good. And the Dear Frenzy advice column today actually comes from me. I have a question about raising kids, and I want to know, am I turning them into hypochondriacs? Not kidding. Okay. And Jen also has the mirror mantra to say to your reflection this week. It might be interesting if it ends up being something to do with that as well. <laughs> well, it might have to change to that, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> All right. Have you signed up for the Frenzy Weekly email yet? Please do. It's how you get into our private Facebook group. You can sign up very quickly. Take you about two seconds at thefrenzy.com. And thank you to listeners who have subscribed to our email list already at thefrenzy.com. The three new friends are Catherine Bunch, Ang or Ong, Asel or Ossel. Uh, or Ange. <sighs> Uh, a A. I'm so sorry. Double A. I'm gonna call her sister double A. I'm so sorry if I wrecked your name. And Ashley Parks, we thank you so much. All right, Melissa Carter, we're gonna just dive into this story about creating new family traditions here in just a minute. But first, let's thank our sponsors. Just heard your friend, neighbor, or colleague has been diagnosed with cancer? Your first instinct is, what can I do? Kick It Pajamas is the answer. Kick It sells pajamas, gowns, and other accessories specifically designed for those going through cancer treatment. Go to kickitpajamas.com and use the code FRENZY to get 10% off. That's kickitpajamas.com, code FRENZY for 10% off. Give the gift of comfort and style. Kick It Pajamas. Let's kick cancer off the planet. Hey, it's Melissa. My family has a history of vascular disease, so I make a point to get my vascular system checked through Lifeline screening each year. The health of your arteries is important and it's critical to understand your risk of stroke and cardiovascular disease. With a simple preventative screening, I get peace of mind or early detection so that I can take action. Since 1993, Lifeline Screening's highly experienced staff has screened over 10 million people in order to bring awareness to potential health problems for follow-up with your physician. To find out more, go to LifelineScreening.com. That's LifelineScreening.com and be sure to use the code FRIENDS 
That's Frenzy without the Y. So that's F-R-I-E-N-D-Z. Okay, Melissa Carter, tell us in your family how you're trying to create a different kind of Thanksgiving and holiday season. I'm glad we're talking about this because that's the, that's the biggest um, awareness that I've had here in the past few weeks. Cause I mean, obviously Thanksgiving is right on us mm-hmm. and last year we didn't do very much because of the pandemic. And honestly, we're not doing very much this year because of the pandemic, but I was thinking on the future. Cause I'm thinking, okay, once we're out of this, I think everybody's contemplating the different things that we're, you know, I'm going to go to more concerts. I'm going to travel more. I'm going to go camping more. I'm going to go whatever it is that we're, we are hitting the ground running once everything is, is back to normal or whatever the new normal will be. Mm -hmm. And in my mind, I realized, oh my gosh, you know, before the pandemic, my holiday routine was always going to Nashville because my mother lived in Nashville and my siblings live in Nashville. And so For, I mean, 20 something years since I graduated from college, even when I was in college. So when I graduated high school, somehow I was always the one because I was the only one that moved away that came home and came home and came home and came home. It's most convenient for everybody else in the family. So you always had to travel. Yes. And so then when I had my child, I said to myself at some point, this is going to stop. But my mother was getting older in years. Mm -hmm. And so I thought, you know what, I'll make it easier on her instead of her having to travel. And so I traveled with my child back to Nashville over and over and over. Well, my mother passed during the pandemic, not of, uh, not of coronavirus, but she passed during the pandemic. And so it made me realize I don't, I don't plan on going back to Nashville. Like my siblings and I see each other throughout the year, but it's not, you know, I was going home for my mother. Right. Mm -hmm. And so here I am single and with one child and, you know, even this, uh, this Thanksgiving, rather, it's a, you know, I'm, I'm inviting a friend over. We're going to have a mini potluck, right? We're gonna have a mini like day, but I'm thinking, no, I want something different for my son. I need to do something. Um, it, it's just me and him. It's boring to sit at home to watch TV and eat turkey dinner. And I mean, you know, he does that with Katie's family. So Katie's family's all in the same area. And so you know, during the holiday season, we switch up. So I have them this year, like for on Thanksgiving day and she has them on Thanksgiving day next year, but we still, he sees everybody during Thanksgiving. It's not like we, we, you know, we're not those parents that, that take over the whole holiday. I did when I traveled to Nashville because I needed the four days or five days to go. Sure. But now that we're both in town, it's like, okay, I'll have him this day. You have him that day. And he'll feed. So with her family it's always going to be a big Thanksgiving feast, right? Because, and it'll be that traditional big old yes. turkey, all the sides, everybody eats, watch yes. football and hang yes. out. For me, it's like, I got to come up with something different so that, mm. and it's not a, it's not competition. It's just, we're, we're different. And so instead of it trying to, you know, replicate the same thing, um, I've been trying to, to look up and discover ways that two people, (laughs) cause it's just the two of us are going to celebrate the holiday and it'd be special for him. Because I think for me, the holidays as a mother, is less about me and more about creating something in him that he can reflect on. Cause I've already had my childhood, you know, traditions that I can reflect on. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. A couple questions for you. First, is there anything that you did with your mom or with your dad before his passing that you really loved and looked forward to? You know, the funny thing is it was just being with them. Like when I grew up, it was just the excitement of the holiday. So I think, you know, with Thanksgiving for me, it was, there was activity in the kitchen. So there was, Mm -hmm. there was, there was planning, there was things going on. So my mother was 
coordinating everything, coordinating the turkey and coordinating the sides. And so, you know, and then I was more of a, you know, I've said this before, more of a baker in high school. And so I helped her with the desserts, but I think it's the smell of the house. Mm -hmm. And it was just the flurry of activity and the excitement that we were going to be together without distractions. My dad didn't have to go to work. Mm -hmm. My mom was not having to do anything but focus on us. And I was going to get to see my siblings because I, my siblings left the house when I was in elementary school. So to me, it was more about just us being together than any specific thing. It was a traditional was there, Thanksgiving. Now you said, you said you baked with her. Was there a specific recipe that maybe that's something that you and Mr. Carter could do together where he learns how to make a family traditional thing, or maybe you pull something out of your mom's old cookbooks and, um, See, I, and, and make it your own. I, I don't know because he's going to have that experience with his other family. Right. Okay. Okay. So, okay. I have another I, I, idea. Yeah. Cause I don't, I, I don't think it's, I, I don't think it's feast related because it's just the two of us. To me, it's more like trying to come up with maybe another activity that doesn't involve food. Okay. I have two. Okay. They're coming to me. We're going to okay. unearth, okay. we're going to unearth some more. Okay. <laughs> so the first is about what if you did some sort of physical challenge, because I know there's different like Turkey trot five K's or, right. There's different, um, you know, fundraisers that happen on Thanksgiving morning where people go and do a run like a 5K or a 10K or something. And that could be a totally separate thing. You can do that. The two of you bundle up and wear like silly turkey hats and turkey gloves and right. funny looking socks or, you know, how everybody dresses up so cute for the races. Right. Now, that's to see that that's something that I think would be a good idea because it's unique, right? It's unique. Right. And he could only it, do it with you. Right. And I, and let me use a different word, compliment. I want to compliment yeah. Katie's of gathering, course. right? So it's like, uh, you know, Katie has a girlfriend and her girlfriend's parents are still living and her parents are both still living and, and Katie's great, gr uh, uh, grandmother's still living, which means Mr. Carter's great grandmother's still living, you know, so there's, and, and there's cousins and there's aunts, you know, there's, so, you know, again, it's to compliment that. So yes, we could do, you know, something athletic or outside and then when he goes over there, he knows, okay, that's where I go get fed. Right. And especially right. As, a, as a growing man, he's so going to be very excited the day, something kind of silly and active. And then each year you could kind of make your costumes really eclectic and funny. Right. Um, you know, you could gobble. And if he's that personality, here's the other thing about Mr. Carter is when we have those themes at school, I'm more excited about the theme days right. than he is like the crazy hair. <laughs> we've had, funny. we've had crazy hair day every year at his school. And I'm so excited because he's got nice thick hair and I'm thinking, Oh, let me do a mohawk. Let me do spikes. Let me color it. Let me do all this stuff. And he begs me not to do, he, he hates it. He not hates his vibe. It. Okay. So, okay. so, mom, but I do, but I do like this. So I'm going to write that down. So I do like okay. the, another one. Something, you know, some sort of jog. I know near me, there's one called the gobble jog and it kicks off, kicks off Thanksgiving morning, 8 a.m. Mm -hmm. And um, it goes back to serve a food kitchen, which is another idea. What if you went to serve? Right. Now, that's something I would love to teach him as an only kid because he doesn't, he's not forced into learning about sharing and being selfless in his own home. Um and, and coordinating and getting along and all those things. And I, I do think that 
I would like to give him more experience in seeing how he can he needs to serve his community, right? Yeah. That it's not just about him. Um, and I do like that. Um, and you know, and I have to look up in our area some of the things I've participated before in some that weren't very well organized. And so yes, mm-hmm. to find a well organized knowing that especially now taking a small child, they're not gonna have the patience to to wait around for too long. So, um, but yes, I, I, uh, some, some service, um, right. Like I know, um, they are doing drive through food pantries now where nobody has to get out and there's not a lot of interaction, but you know, folks in need can pull up and you load up their trunk with stuff, you know, and he's a growing boy. He could lift boxes and put things in the trunk and, you know, everybody can wear masks and stay safe. So that's something you could do right away. Um, and something else I saw though, that goes right up Jen Hobby's alley though. Oh yes. That I made a note of, cause I did do some Google searches on that. Uh, and one of the things is thank you notes to spend time just doing nothing but thank you notes. Cause cool. Jen is the thank you note queen, but it I is a day of, be. I'm not as good anymore with two kids, but I, I really try. <laughs> but the thing is that the thing is with Thanksgiving, I mean, I, you know, one of the, I, I do think it gets lost in the shuffle between Halloween and Christmas. And I think that people just see Thanksgiving as the official launch of Christmas, which mm-hmm. I, which I think is sad for, you know, and when we were on the radio, for those who were radio listeners, I made a big deal about that. And I, but I mean it, you know, sincerely, authentically, that I think the holidays are there for a reason and should be celebrated each in their own right. And, for Thanksgiving is the only American holiday. So this is in the holiday season, the only holiday that Americans celebrate, regardless of its history, what it has evolved to and what it always was about was giving thanks for having enough in your life and not forgetting to take it for, you know, don't take it for granted. Mm-hmm. And so I, you know, so yes, the, you know, the pilgrims and the Indians and all this stuff. Like I, I'm, it's less that, about that. Yes, it's more about that was, the- that, yes, that was going to be also on my list of ideas is maybe diving in with him on some of that history. You know, we're having this reckoning with the history of our country right. and what did, what did Thanksgiving really mean? And, you know, can we learn more about native American culture? I don't know. I just, that was one other thing. Yes. No, maybe, of- uh, maybe as he gets older, you know, I, I mean, true as he understands more um because he he doesn't i don't think he quite understands which is to me this is the basic human condition when we're born none of us are prejudiced and i don't think he understands why people are mean to other people like he still doesn't grasp that concept uh he can't understand meanness and so i think you know and that's just so telling of how how do we get to where we are um, because we all started out like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do think that, yeah, something that, um, you know, thank you notes or, but I want it to be something too, that he looks forward to. And I, you know, not just, I was a teaching moment, you know, like I don't, the turkey trot is a something that's fun. Um, you know, I, I want it to be something that like he'll, even if he's in college and decides to come home, cause again, I want my son to choose to come home from school. Right. I want it to be something like, oh, I can't wait to go to mama's house because this is going to happen or we're going to go out and do this. I mean, it could be a case as he gets older, we just go on vacation. Like we just go take a trip. Like we take a cruise or we take a, you know, like it's a, it's the consistent vacation time for us. I don't know what it is, but I just know that it's, um, it's interesting how you spend 51 years doing the same thing every holiday. And then you realize you have this freedom 
and you don't know what to do with it. Like I have total freedom to create something completely new with us. It's and a I blank do canvas. It's like you're staring yes. at a blank canvas yes. and you can paint it however you want. And I've got writer's block because I don't know, you know, I don't know what to do because yeah, it, it's just funny how in the past few weeks this has come up because I see these commercials about Thanksgiving and pre-order your turkey and do all these things and these recipes and all this stuff. And I thought for two people, that's kind of that's kind of boring. You don't build a huge feast for two people. And you know, I mean, you you know, I've opened my home to anybody who's not with their families for the holidays, but a lot of people don't take advantage of that. A lot of people don't decide not to. Um, go to, you know, Friendsgiving. Yes. I think that's a great idea, but usually that ends up just mm -hmm. being your close friends. It's not like, um, you know, the, you have your core friends and then you have your friends that you, you know, you have fun with and hang out every so often. And then you have friends you might know a little bit and, you know, it's, it, I don't think a lot of people take advantage of that opportunity and they should, because, you know, you shouldn't be alone. You shouldn't, it shouldn't just be, just you. So anyway, um, but I'm glad that I like some of these ideas. Melissa at thefrenzy.com. If you have, if you're somebody who is a single parent with one kid or two kids who decided, you know what, we didn't go the turkey and drought. We yeah. decided to do this for the holiday. It'll create a new memory for him. It'll create a new pattern for the two of you. And maybe you come up with a couple, two or three different ideas that you really like and let him choose. Mm -hmm. You know, maybe this year you yeah. try one next year, he might choose a different one, but then, you know, find one that sticks and is really fun. I think that's really sweet. And I love the way that you are a very intentional parent. So well, I want to commend you for that because well, thank you. you think things through and you think about his life and, and the way that all of the small decisions that we make along the way really create their memories and really create their childhood. So I think this is, great that you're going to create a different kind of Thanksgiving, a different kind of tradition. And he will always remember that. And, and to all the people who are, you're not with the other parent, if you're separated, divorced and struggling, just know, I mean, it is about your child. I mean, Katie and I have always been intentional about that. And that's why I say what I create will complement what she does, you know, and it should, it should not, it's never a competition between us. And, and that is such a, wonderful experience, especially for him. And so I think that I appreciate that. And I, I recommend anybody out there who's struggling, you got You got to, you got to rein that ego in it's, you can't, it's not about you and mm -hmm. it doesn't matter who they're with and it doesn't matter what they do. And it doesn't matter, you know, it's, it's your child, that's still your child's parent. And so Katie and I are blessed that we really worked hard to make sure that we didn't have a relationship that was toxic and we don't, you know, but it's, you know, but she's got the family. She's got the big family and I don't have the big family. So yes, anything that's not related to food is what I'm looking for to do for him. Awesome. Okay. Let's grab a question now out of the, you don't know my life box. That's right. A game that you, you can purchase yourself. You don't know my life. It's a board game. You can find anywhere you buy games and a movie called a holiday fiasco is made based on an incident from your life. What happens in it? This is why I love this game because, you know, on the friends that we always encourage you to share your story, this churns up your stories, right? Yes. That's why I love this game so much. So one more time, Melissa. Yeah. And these are stories that you probably have never told your friends, even though you've known them for years. Okay. Let's say there's a movie because this is hypothetical. A movie called a holiday fiasco is made and it's based on an incident from your life. What happens in that movie? Are you ready for this? Okay. <laughs> 
I'm ready. So this is at my family Thanksgiving. We always get together with extended family. And I don't have a huge extended family, but it's big enough that, you know, it takes a couple of dining room tables in order to get everybody around it. And this is when my parents were still living in St. Petersburg, Florida. So we travel home, make a big meal, line up buffet style in the kitchen. Everybody loads up their plates. And this year I was hungry. I could not wait to dive into all of it. My mom makes a squash casserole that I just love. My aunt makes the best sweet potato casserole and mashed potatoes and turkey. And I mean, the plate was piled high. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I go to sit down in an open spot and it's just like that in my family. Like you grab a plate on the buffet and then you go sit wherever's open. It's not assigned seating. So I sit down next to my uncle and his plate looks a whole lot different than mine. He doesn't have as much stuff on it. And I was like, you know, what's going on? Are you not hungry today? Did you already eat too much? And he said, well, let me tell you this year, I figured out that I have an intolerance to gluten. And I was like, oh, really? Okay. And he's like, so I have to eat gluten-free and there's only a few things on the, you know, buffet that I can definitely have or whatever. And this is an uncle that likes to tell real long-winded stories (laughs) with a whole lot of detail. (laughs) And that is when at the dinner table, when I'm mid-bite in this delicious meal, I cannot wait to plow through. He tells me how he discovered that he was gluten-free from his bad case of jock itch. (laughs) And then went into detail on what that looked like, how he found it, the pictures he took on his phone to show his doctor about it. He didn't try to show you, did he? All all while I'm (laughs) mid-bite. Oh, that's your knees. Don't tell stories about (laughs) your area. That's my holiday fiasco. I'm telling you, (laughs) it was like a movie where when he started talking about his jock itch that the whole soundtrack stopped, you know, where it's like everything's going on and then it's like record scratch and it's quiet on the whole movie. That's where where everybody would turn and look at him. That's that's the scene where, yeah. (laughs) That's real life. That's my life. Yeah. Come on. That, yes. Okay. Here's here's a, a lesson from that, ladies and gentlemen who listen to us. As we get older, because this show is for people over forty, as we get old, don't talk about your physical ailments. That nobody is not wants top, to know. Nobody cares. Nobody, nobody cares. cares. Nobody wants to know. Yeah. And please yeah. keep it off the dinner table. Yeah. <laughs> I, you know. I mean, Jen won't talk about her bunion at the dinner table. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> don't talk about. No, I mean, for some reason, I don't know why that becomes, I know you're fascinated by how your body changes as you get older, but that don't talk about it. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Well, all I can think about, um, and this was consistent because it was the way we celebrated and this was maybe usually Christmas, not Thanksgiving. Um, but when my parents were still alive, uh, they both of their families lived in Kentucky. So they moved away from their families to have theirs. So we always had to travel up to Kentucky uh, for the holidays. And when I was really young, it was the Carter family. It was my father's family that we saw more. And then as I grew older, it was mom's family that I saw more. And that's a, a whole other story. But mom's family had an inner conflict for several years, which kept mm. her away, which was sad. So in my elementary school years, I was going to the Carter house. And, um, 
they were very boisterous people. So my father was big personality. Um, his sisters all big personality. He came from a family of like eight people. So wow. you, so it's this this full full. If on. you weren't I, loud, you got ignored. You got ignored, right? Yeah. And my father was the oldest of all these siblings. So for some reason, though, and I, you know, I never analyzed this as a child, but you know, going from Nashville up to Lexington and the area was a, was a long trip. I mean, that's a good four, four and a half, five hours. And for some reason, my father wanted to be home that night. So we literally, we did not go up to Kentucky and spend days and get a hotel room and spend time with them. We literally got up first thing in the morning, we drove to Kentucky on curvy roads, I remember. So I'd get car sick on the way. Yeah. Then we'd get up there and we'd have this big to do and we would have, you know, presents and all this stuff and see everybody and board games and food and laughter and loudness and all this stuff and big activity. And then we would leave and get in the car and drive back to Nashville. Eight hours round trip. <laughs> and again, as a kid, I just went along. Get along. Now I wish he was alive to say, why did, why did you not want to spend time? I think he wanted to get away from the fam. Like, I think he went as, you know, as yeah. a courtesy. It's like, it's an <laughs> obligation to show up. I'm going to show up. We're going to do the things and then we're going to get out of there. And I just remember no. my, you know, my siblings were teenagers at this time. And I remember they would fight every time. Like, why do we have to go? Why do we have to go? Because we were having fun. We were having fun with our cousins and stuff. But yeah. So when I think of holiday fiasco, I just think of the, the preparation and getting there. And if I got car sick, having to pull over and then getting there and having to have fun and you have fun and you have fun. Now we got to get back in the car and then we have to go home again on these curvy roads. And yeah, we'd be home at like at midnight, one o'clock in the morning, but we'd be, by God, we'd be home. And there's a backstory there. <laughs> right? There is definitely a backstory yes. that you don't know about. The hell. And it was just normal <laughs> for me. That was normal. We just, you know, it's just what we'd either go to a farm bureau event. My father worked for farm bureau and we, and that was always fun. And then it was farm bureau dinner and then going, doing a whirlwind tour, uh, you know, I mean, that was a long damn day for a five-year-old, but anyway, so that, yeah, I would say that's the holiday fiasco is it's like a very, uh, national lampoon movie to me is if you knew, you know, yes. getting there, doing the thing and then getting out. Yes. And the, I can and hear the soundtrack now. <laughs> right? Yes. Oh, anyway. So that's, yeah, that, that was my holidays growing up. I'm completely discombobulated when it comes to holidays. I tell you, I, I, I you know, what easy, calm, you know, uh, you know, holiday for my son. And so that, yeah, so we're, yeah, he's going to benefit from all that craziness that I grew up with. <laughs> right. <laughs> this is going to be much more Zen. Yes, absolutely. Maybe that's what we do. We go to Zen garden for Thanksgiving and then he'd be confused. Like mom, why are you so weird? <laughs> <laughs> he'll go opposite when he's an adult and it'll be like wild and crazy party. Exactly. All right. Um, today for the Dear Frenzy advice column, the question is actually coming from me and okay. I am interrupting the flow of questions from others because this is kind of urgent. Okay. Sure. Absolutely. I need to know as we are raising kids, am I raising hypochondriacs? Okay. I am whispering because one of them <laughs> is upstairs right now, home from school again. Okay. So okay. clearly setting the scene over the last two years of being in a pandemic, our kids have heard us talk about symptoms, how we feel, what's going on, 
The whole world's been yeah. trying to figure this out, right? But our kids have been absorbing it the whole time. And I think that's what I'm realizing now is that my daughters are both hyper aware of how they feel. Now, I don't know about you, Melissa Carter, but when I was growing up, if you had the sniffles, you get your ass to school. Yes. Okay. I only like got, uh, diarrhea and a high fever. Are the only two reasons I, I couldn't. Sure. Get you got the flu or whatever. You stay home. But, but staying home off, no. was not a regular thing with no. us growing up. But now in this time, our kids are being raised to be super aware of every single malady, um, you know, slight imperfection in the way right. they feel that it's, I am really worried that I'm raising hypochondriacs. I'm most concerned about my oldest Lauren, because she's super smart and I know she's absorbing everything she hears adults talking about. Um, and that comes out in her language, in the way that she talks about COVID, in the way she talks about school. She's just, she gets it, right? She's yeah. getting all of this and she's smart. And so two questions. The first one is really about like, how do I have that conversation with her about the difference between when you're really sick or when you got to just push through and we all don't feel perfect every day. Or is that insensitive? I have an answer for that, I think. Because I don't want to be, I don't want her to be the girl who calls wolf all the time. Oh, here's I, the other questions. She's going to the nurse at school all the time. Okay. I'm constantly getting calls from the nurse that she's checking in with the nurse. And then the other thing is how do I know I'm not getting duped because she just wants to stay home with mommy all day. There we go. All right. So I think Lauren is a lot like Mr. Carter. We've talked about this before. And, you know, I tease their, their lab partners because they They're are both cerebral. Right. Very cerebral, very logic based people. And first of all, I, I can't imagine Lauren doing anything maliciously. Right. When you, the second question is her trying to stay at home. You know, she's trying to stay at home because she's afraid of getting something. I get that, but she wouldn't mm -hmm. be doing it just to take the day off. Cause I can't see her doing that. Cause Mr. I can't see Mr. Carter doing that. I can see Reese doing that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, um, so with Mr. Carter, you know, unlike, gosh, it's funny how we've kept a lot from him about COVID. Um, mm -hmm. We don't talk about too much because it really bothered him. Like he, he thought too much about it. Right. Mm -hmm. So I, I think that Mr. Carter is somebody who could be prone to be in a hypochondriac too. But what I do is I try to target that, that intelligence in him. Right. And so basically what I do is I explain the body. So it's more of an anatomy thing and I don't make it a big deal. And it's more like, okay, here's the body and here's explains the body's defenses. So this symptom is because something, you know, your stuffy nose is because something came in your nose and you, you're just trying to th throw mucus out and get that germ out of your nose. And then when it gets into your throat, okay, well, it got in, you know, gets into your lungs. Okay. Well, it got even further, you know, and it's all your body is trying to do is kick it out. So to me, you know, it, it, to make that short is basically like explaining how the body, when the body's different defenses come up. So if it's a stuffy nose, that's not really sick. That's just, you know, Hey, something's in my nose, your throat, maybe, you know, the throat is where you may need to start, you know, paying attention. The fever is when you're the defenses are really coming up. You know, when he, my, my son felt nauseous the other night 
and he he didn't want to throw up and he was you know dreading having to throw up but you know and I just made it no big deal because I was afraid of throwing up as a child Mm-hmm. So I was like, it's no big deal. It's just your body trying to get, your body's helping you. Your body's not trying to make you feel bad. Like you don't be mad at your body. Your body's trying to protect you. And he ended up not. And so then I taught him the difference between nausea and actually vomiting. So anyway, we just talk through everything, but I make sure that my body language is like, it's no big deal. It's your body, your body's doing its thing. And so you can't, you must, you got to love your bodies. So to answer your question, I think it's just to, I think if you explain to her just how the body works, and give give and decide for yourself where you find the limit of this is where concern this is where real concern comes in because even with covid the fever is a big concern right mm-hmm. i mean that's the reason they do temperature checks so you know to me that's that's the line is the fever but um you know i don't know i mean you know your child better than anybody so i, I those are just suggestions i know with mr carter it's it's and to answer you know since our our last show mr carter's gotten his covid vaccine the first shot And so I was concerned about what to tell him to expect because I didn't want him to have the symptoms just because I said it. Exactly. So what I said is this is what adults have felt, but you probably won't feel anything. And so I just add, you know what, but you probably, and I just added that you probably won't feel a thing. Did he have any side effects? He had no side effects. Yeah. And so when he gets the second shot, I'll do the same thing. They, you know, he probably, at least with me, I had more side effects with the second shot, but I'm not going to tell him that. All Mm -hmm. I said was I was tired and that was it. So that pretty much is all the symptom I had. And I said, some people have headaches. Some people, you know, their bodies don't feel too good. I said, but, but then I reassured him, but it all will go away. There's nothing right. Your body Mm -hmm. is just, and I explained to him that your body is seeing something it's never seen before. And it's going what, what is this? What, what did you just hand me? So I, I wrote on a piece of paper and handed it to him. I said, this is what it's doing. The vaccine is handing a piece of paper to your body saying, Hey, when you see this, just make sure that you fight this off. So again, it's that intellect, just going toward his intellect and his emotions are diffused as long as he understands. Okay. All right. Now, again, I don't know Lauren, you know, how Lauren's emotions and her intellect tie in together. But I just know that with Mr. Carter, if he knows what to expect, or at least he knows the framework of what's going on, then he can handle it. It's the mm-hmm. unknown. It's the changes. It's he's not very good at adaptation. And mm-hmm. you know, that's where his struggle is. Yeah, I think for Lauren, there's like a heightened concern about how she feels or if something's a little bit off. And I think that that's just from absorbing what's been going on in the world the last couple of years, you know, and Grant, her dad, is a superintendent of schools, and we talk a lot about COVID in this house because of everything that's going on with schools. And so I just think that it's given her this heightened sensitivity and awareness of it. I'm afraid that she's driving the nurse at school nuts. Like she's coming home. Oh, mom, I went to the nurse today. I'm like, well, what was it? And she's like, well, there was like a little rash on my leg. And I'm like, a what? You know, and, and then it'll be like the next day, like, I just, I wasn't feeling too good. And then, you know, and I'm going, okay, I don't want her to be the boy that cried wolf, right? Because then when she really is sick, nobody's going to believe her if she's constantly pointing out all these teeny tiny maladies. So it's like, I want to, on one hand, I like what you said about explaining to her on what the body is doing. On the other hand, I need to find her to find a way of what's the threshold of really bad versus not that bad. 
and we can we can move through this today you know well and it could be a case of what she's allowed to go to see the nurse you know limitations i think you know mr carter is a rule follower and so if we give him rules he'll he'll work within those rules and um it's a sensitive thing though right you don't want to tell her like don't tell the nurse unless it's really bad because Again, with Mr. Carr, it has to be specific. I can't give generalizations. I can't yeah. say when you feel bad, go to the nurse. That 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 is a, a cloud. It, how do you define that? And for you know, again, like he was so. There was one time where when this whole pandemic started, that there was an article that came up, and you know, you, it was one of the first times they really had a blown up image of the virus, right, with the spikes and everything, and when he and I was looking at the article, and then I don't know, he took my phone. Uh, or so, I, somehow he had the phone and an article with the image came up and he dropped the phone. And I said, what's wrong? And he dropped it, like put his hands up. And I said, what is it? He thought the phone had gotten the coronavirus because Aww. he saw it. Sweet and thing. from that moment on, that's when Katie and I are like, we limit, you know, we limit what we say to him. But, you know, but he's aware. He listens to the TV. His grandmother, his grandmother's house, you know, she's the one that likes to stay very, very informed. You know, she's the one that watches you know, the news all day long, but that's, you know, but for her, it's, she is truly fascinated by these things. She's fascinated by, uh, the evolution of the disease. She's fascinated by crime. She's fast. You know, she's the one that watches these things because for her, it's, it's not, I don't know. It's, it's like a, a hobby for her, you know, but sometimes it's like, well, he, but he can't see all that, you know, he can't be exposed to all that. Mm -hmm. He, he doesn't, process things the same way and so anyway I, every parent does the best they can it's a you know these children will grow up and they'll be the generation uh, you know of the coronavirus they'll be called something i don't know what it'll be the pandemic kids or whatever it is mm -hmm. and then they'll compare notes and they'll evolve and they'll figure it out and um they'll have stories to tell and then they'll you know it, it's like everything with our parents living in world wars or at least my parents living through world wars and you know that kind of thing it's just you do the best you can because we've never experienced this before. And I think, you know, Lauren could have done this anyway, whether it's the coronavirus or not, maybe she, her personality would have done this anyway. So I, I wouldn't worry too much about it, but I think just communication with your kids and to let, and I, and I remember somebody saying this before, uh, anytime there's a crisis and I, I think it's school shootings, maybe, but it was always reassure your kids. They're going to be okay. Like if your kids can feel safe when they go to bed, even in the back of your mind, if you don't, if you can't, if you don't even feel a hundred percent secure in telling them that you still need to make sure they feel safe and then they can handle anything. I mean, that's your job as a parent is to, your job as a parent is to clothe them and feed them and do all these things. But your main job is to make those children feel safe so they can thrive. And if, if she feels emotionally safe, however you you know, do it, then that's what you do. Like, you know, Mr. Carter has become very fascinated with the body. He's the kid that picks the scabs and wants to draw blood because he can see the blood. He loves oh. the blood. <laughs> and Katie is so concerned about that. Katie is so concerned because she's like, I, and it's like, but you know, when I explained to his teacher, I said, you know, cause she said, well, I think something is, does he got a skin thing? I'm like, no, he just likes blood. He likes the sight of blood. <laughs> But we go with it because he's interested in it. It's a science interest. It's yes, a science it's a curiosity. Interest. He's a curious. He's curious. And so, to me, the reason I bring that up is because I think for Lauren, that could be flipped. 
I mean, just I truly think that that motivation to go to the nurse's office all the time and her motivation about how she feels could be taken out of the context of, of the virus and turned into a fascination with the body. Mm-hmm. And, you know, who knows? I mean, like people tease Mr. Carter about, well, you could be a doctor someday. Well, sure, he could be whatever he wants to be. But I did say to him, I said, you realize most people don't like what you like. Like, don't mm-hmm. feel bad about that. That is something that is enviable. Most people don't like you know, seeing that. And so I just, yeah, who knows? I mean, with Lauren, it could be the same thing. She could end up being a surgeon someday or a doctor, general practice, and she could be the school nurse. Somehow, I I think that it's our job to help them translate what they see. You know, this is, again, how old is she? Not Almost nine. Nine, almost nine. That she's looking at this through an eight-year-old's eyes. Then that's her, that's her perception. So you've got to help guide her Right. And, and Mr. Carter seeing everything through, through a seven-year-old's eyes. So he's not going to process things exactly right. So I need to help him process. You just do the best you can. Mm-hmm. But I think, it, I think you could turn this around and not be worried about it. Okay. On it. I immediately think, what book can I buy where we can start studying the body? Right. right. Maybe it's a science book or something we can get. Well, because there are people in my family, that are hypochondriacs, right. And in Katie's family that we see that, that, and it's crippling. That's a crippling life. So I understand the concern because you don't want to overthink. It's like overthinking things in an emotional way and overthinking things in a logical way. And I think that if you keep her on that logic track, then she won't be a hypochondria. I think fear is what drives so many people. And I think that if you can get rid of being afraid of everything, yes, you should be afraid of the coronavirus, but you do the best you can. You get your vaccines, you wear your mask, you do your best. I mean, at some point mm-hmm. you have to just say, look, I you know, there was some guy I saw, and this is just a random uh, uh, <laughs> tangent, but I saw a story about a guy who who survived something and then got killed doing something else. I know that's a downer, but it was like in in like he he walked away from an accident only to fall off a cliff, basically kind of oh, thing. Wow! And it's like, well, it was his time. That's one of those stories where you say, well, it was his time to go. Well, you know what? I I do believe that that our times are kind of predestined so you just do the best and if and if I go then well it was my time I just can't, I don't want to be afraid of every single thing in life and I think we can teach our children not to be afraid of every but I I think what you're saying is absolutely makes total sense that I don't think mm-hmm. a lot of people thought about hopefully our listeners are thinking about the conversations they're having in their home around their children thinking they're playing with their dolls or their trucks or their whatever it is they play with when they are absolutely listening to everything you're saying everything yeah oh yeah Yeah. little sponges little sponges all right well i'll give you an update if uh if it goes in one direction or the other i'm I'm really interested in the school nurse conversation i (laughs) i feel like i need to give her a very big christmas present (laughs) before the end of the semester of the school year i'm sure the nurse thinks this is adorable all right well if you ever have a dear frenzy question all you have to do is email us at jen at the or melissa at the and we'll be happy to answer your question. And so now Jen has this week's mirror mantra. Okay. Today's mirror mantra comes from some days where I just feel overwhelmed. And I know that you've probably felt this too, where you just don't have it all figured out. There's a lot of pressure on you, whether that comes from family or work responsibilities or just life in general. So here's the mirror mantra. You're going to look at yourself in the eyes and say, 
I don't have it all figured out today, but I won't give up on trying. It's just about putting one foot in front of the other, little baby steps to work through that overwhelm. So I don't have it all figured out to get today. I don't know how I'm going to get it all done. I don't know how it's all going to go, but I won't give up on trying. You know what I like about that? Because it ties into what we said earlier, because when, you know, I talk about how children if they know what to expect, if they have some kind of, you know, frame of reference, they're calmer kids, right? Mm -hmm. They have a routine, they're calmer, right? Yeah. We're not any different as adults. It's true. And so when you talk about, I don't have it all figured out, the reason that you're so stressed is because it's the unknown, right? And so we're, we're no different. And so I love that, that you're not going to give up trying, but just understand that the reason that you're stressed out is, is because you, you don't know the future and that's okay. Right. And that should come. And we're not in control. You know? I'm, I'm the same at 51 as I was when I was five. Right. Yes. I need to know what's exactly. going on. <laughs> exactly. When I was in my most stressed times of life, you know, we go through different seasons and I was going through a tough season and this is when my grandmother Didi was still alive. And I would ask her, I'm like, what would you do? And her advice was always give it to God. She goes, I don't know why it just works. You're not in control. You know, she's like, pray about it, give it to God and it will work out. I promise you that. And she was always right. So sometimes I, you know, got to realize I'm not going to give up trying. I'm not going to have it all figured out. I'm going to give it to God and keep going. Jesus, take the wheel. (laughs) All right. If you love and enjoy this episode of The Frenzy, please share it with a friend. We would love for more friends like you to find out about our show. And if you're enjoying The Frenzy Podcast, please subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you are listening and leave us a review. Check out our Frenzy YouTube channel with videos, extended interviews, and bloopers. And please follow at The Frenzy on Instagram. You can always DM us with your Dear Frenzy advice column questions, and we can address them on a future episode. And here's your reminder to share your story. Open up about your story with trusted friends because your story matters. The Frenzy is hosted and produced by Melissa Carter. That's her. And me, Jen Hobby. And sound editing by Bo Johnson. Original soundtrack produced by Tammy Hurt for placement music. Written and recorded by Mark Daniels. You know, we need to book Tammy Hurt as a guest on this yes, podcast. She has absolutely. got a big new job, and I want to talk to her all about it. And we got to talk to her about the original soundtrack that always makes me feel like Laverne and Shirley. <laughs> all right. <laughs> the Frenzy is a part of the Digitent Podcast Network, and we celebrate friendships over 40. So thank you so much for taking the time to give us your friendship. It means the world to us. All right. So until next week, trust your gut, share your story. And, and stop, stop lying about, about your, your age. age. And see you next size. time. And your shoe size. <laughs> Bye, Bunyans.